This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. I want to welcome those joining us on 90.5 as well as online, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever else it is. Uh, we're so grateful for that. And uh, I have, our church has a 2011 Ford F-150. And just as this is, I dropped it, just as that is a uh, manual for, thank you, I wrote, that's a manual for our truck, everything that, that we need. The Bible is the manual for life. And I want to I end there, but I wanted to say that in the beginning because the reason why we always say turn in your Bible or, or, or open up your notes, and if you're joining us online or on the radio, you can find the notes at, on our website, findnewlife.church slash messages, and uh, you have your notes uh, here uh, as well. But we want to look at the Bible because what the Bible says is our prime uh, superior uh, standard for all faith and practice. Now, uh, the Bible is, is our source of wisdom, but I want you to know something about the Bible. As much as I love studying it, as much as it's, it's a passion of mine, I want to be a group of followers of Jesus that's more passionate about living the Bible than about learning the Bible. And I want you to go with me on this journey this morning through James chapter 3, the last part. We studied James 3, 1 through 13 last week, but or 1 through 12 or 13 last week, 12. Uh, we want to start in verse 13 because we, we want to live out. We want to ask God for wisdom. We want to live it out. And James 1, thir- or 3, 13 says, who is wise? That's a good question. Who really is wise? Who is wise and endued, that means possessing understanding, possessing knowledge, endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out a good conversation, that's behavior or conduct, a way of life. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness, that's humility, strength under control, with meekness of wisdom. Now, when the Bible says wisdom, we think, well, that's certainly you know, something we need. We all need wisdom. But real wisdom is not about what you know. It's about what you do with what you know. And so today we're going to learn about how to put into practice what we've heard the last few weeks in James, the last five weeks in James, and then today about wisdom. We're going to contrast our wisdom, the world's wisdom, with God's wisdom. Okay, so number one, our wisdom, and we have to, listen, we have to just be open-hearted and open-minded about this, okay? Because when I say this, it's almost going to seem like I'm just kind of in your face. But this is how James is. He's very straight and to the point. And James says this, that our wisdom is deceived by selfishness. I want you to see this because, because he's, he's going to talk about selfishness and, and, and bitterness and envy and strife. But before I read what James says, I want to read what Paul says. Because Paul asks the question, where is the wise? Where is the scribe, someone who knows the Bible? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? 
Paul knew what James knew, and that is when you put this code of conduct and this uh, book of principles against all the wisdom of the world, it makes everything in the world, the smartest people in the world have not outsmarted God's word. The, the, the wisest so-called psychologist, listen, my background's in psychology and counseling, so I can say this, okay? And, 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 if, you, and if you're a psychologist, please talk to me afterwards, because I believe this statement that the Bible knows what's best. The Bible knows what's best. Now, uh, certainly medicine and God gives wisdom to those who help, those who need it, but I will tell you, the Bible is so rich and, and powerful, and, it's, and it discerns the intents of the heart. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction and in righteousness. But our wisdom is faulty. Why? Because it's deceived by selfishness. Now, in verse number 14, it says this. I want you to notice. But if we, so he says, who is wise and, and who's living wisdom? But in verse 14, next verse. But if we have bitter envying and strife in our hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. So many people uh, in our culture are deceived by this selfish ambition, which we'll talk about. And, and, and they're deceived because the ends in their mind justify the means. So letter A, the fruit or the result of selfishness is always bitterness, envy, and strife. Now look at this in James chapter, in James chapter 3. Bitter envying is the word jealous or jealous. In Greek, it's the, where we get the word zealous. But it means to be completely concerned with someone else, with what they have, what they're doing, or what they aren't doing. Isn't that our culture? We are so consumed with everyone else that we never stop to think, what about me? And the word strife in this passage is the Greek word for dispute, but it's also the Greek word for selfish ambition, driven by selfishness. He said, I'm not selfish. Listen, we all are selfish. My boys, one of their first five words was mine. Give it to me. Feed me. That's my toy. I'm like, who bought that toy for you? My food. Who bought that food? Do you, do you see? We're all self-centered. And that seems like a really abrasive thing to say. But, but if we're not careful, we'll be so self-centered that we'll be so focused on, here's what the word for strife is. It's a hostile feeling because something you feel you deserve is being taken from you. Now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of debate right now about who deserves what. Who deserves what? And, 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 and what is right and what is wrong? But there's two lies that we all tell ourselves about the truth, and it's in this passage. First, the lie about what we believe. Because James says, if you say you believe it and you don't do it, you don't really believe it. You're not being honest. Okay, and then secondly, in this in this verse, he says, so verse 13, good conversation. You got to do it if you say you believe it. Okay, verse 14, the lie against the truth is that we lie about what we deserve. We say we deserve something. Now, those of that have been followers of Christ for a while know this. That everything I deserved. Was taken on Jesus on the cross of Jesus Christ. I deserve to hang on a cross. I deserved eternal punishment. I deserve eternal punishment. But how many of you are thankful that Jesus took what I deserved so that I could get what I don't deserve? And that's called grace. 
So when we come to the cross, we understand that, that we need to come with an idea that I deserve a punishment for my sin that Jesus took. Jesus took my punishment on the cross. And if you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your, your punishment is, is unpaid. But Jesus came to pay it in full. So we receive him, but, but as followers of Jesus, we deceive our heart and our religion is in vain when we don't bridle the tongue, when we don't watch our words. This is why Proverbs 16, 23 says, the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. So verse 16 says, where this envying, this selfish strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So let her be the fruit of deceit. So the fruit of, the fruit of selfishness is deceit. And the fruit of deceit is dissension, confusion, and every evil work. You say, wow, man, that's, that's steep stuff. How, how, do we, how do we combat this? Well, there's a key word that's used over seven times in the book of James. And I never picked up on it. Read James a lot, and some of you may have picked up on this. And, 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 and I'd, I'd love to talk to you about it. Today we'll, we'll be kind of discussing this. We have a discussion every week at 4 on Zoom about this passage and really kind of look at this passage, and I'd love to hear from some of you about this passage. But but notice what it says in verse 15. This wisdom, so not our wisdom, selfish wisdom, self-deceit that's kind of bent towards self, but God's wisdom, this wisdom, okay, it's from above. But our wisdom, verse 15, descendeth not from above. Do you see how he's implying that there's a wisdom that's far above yours? There's a perspective that might be a little bit more informed than our perspective? I don't say that in tongue-in-cheek at all. But I will say that there are a hundred moments each week, and there have been last week, where I think that I understand more than I actually do. That I think my perspective is a little clearer than it actually is. Do you know what James is saying? James is saying, you know, you might, you might step back and say, is my perspective aligning with God's perspective? See, he said there's some wisdom. There's a version of wisdom. It's a fake wisdom. It's not a real wisdom. And it descends not from above. Now, the word descends is kat erkomai. It, it, it's this word that means to throw an object and, and to watch that object come back down to earth because of gravity. It's actually the, the Greek word that they use even to this day for a plane that lands. You know, when I thought of this, I thought, you know, uh, it's the opposite of the ascension when Jesus kind of like hovered off the ground when he left earth. Wouldn't that be crazy to see? That would be great to see. But this is a touchdown. How many of you know one day Jesus is going to touch back down? He's coming again. But, but, but until then, okay, we don't really see people hovering unless they have a jetpack on. Did you know jetpacks exist? You know, my sister in Dubai, she lives in Dubai, and her and her husband see these guys flying around with jetpacks. Isn't that crazy that jetpacks are being used? In fact, here's, here's a guy flying a jetpack, and then he's coming back. See that when he descended, he, he touched back down? That's what this word means. It means to come back down to earth. It's something that was above coming back down to earth. So James is contrasting God's wisdom that is above 
to our wisdom that is beneath. And he's saying that God's ideas are so much better than our ideas. Now, this wasn't the first time he, he hinted at this. In James chapter 1 and verse 17, he says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down, katerkomai, coming down from the Father of lights. And so Satan's greatest tool of deceit is to try to get you to doubt God's goodness. And he does that by saying, you know, what you desire, what you want, it can't be that bad because it feels so good. You know? It feels so good. How could it be so bad? And we've talked about that before. But when we start bending the truth to fit what we want and bending our desires to fit our narrative, we start to corrupt God's wisdom, and it becomes our own. And so Satan's greatest tool of deceit is he uses our desires against us. And I just want to point out something as a key thought here before we move on, and that is not everything that feels good to you is good for you. You know, there's sometimes as a pastor, I'll stand up here and I'll say something, and I'm like, oh, that's a little bit. And sometimes I read in James, I'm like, James, I mean, could you have kind of circled the landing? No, it's boom. This is what you need to hear. And I'm thankful that he gets right to the point and says, hey, listen, not everything that feels good is good. Not everything that you want to do is something that's good to do. And so I was thinking about this jetpack, and I thought, man, I, I started dreaming. I thought, you know, if there's one dream that I ever had growing up as a kid, it was a fly jetpack. I mean, to put a, strap that bad boy on and just fly around, you know, wave to people, you know. Oh, wouldn't that be so cool? Did you know that last week while we were in church, this happened? True story. This happened last week here in L.A. County. Then another jetpack sighting moments later from a Southwest pilot. Jetpacks like this one from LA-based Jetpack Aviation are not common. Only a handful of companies in the world make them, and they are not commercially available. The company says their technology was not involved. Jetpack Aviation CEO confirmed to CBS News he has been in touch with the FAA about the technology, but says their aircraft does not have enough fuel to get a person to 3,000 feet and back to the ground safely. Adding, they are loud, so it seems unlikely no one on the ground would notice it taking off, flying, or landing. And then there's this from the air traffic controller. JetBlue 23, use caution. Person in a jetpack reported 300 yards south of the LA final at about 3,000 feet. JetBlue 23, we're heard, and we are definitely looking. Yeah, we're definitely oh, looking for that. Right. That's okay, guys. So, so, so look at this. Over 100 people saw this guy flying around, and he's flying next to these 747s waving at the pilots. That was last week in L.A. Right when you thought 2020 couldn't get any crazier, there's people with jet, flat, jet packs flying around, right? So, so at first I'm like, that is so cool. That is so cool. And, and then I started realizing the FBI is, is searching for this guy. The, the, the FAA had to reroute flights. Flights, people had to wait for hours to, to clear the airspace to make sure that some guy didn't get sucked into an engine and crash, you know, 500 people die because some guy's out there taking a joyride with someone's jetpack. So here's the point. The point is this. Not everything is good is lawful. Not everything that you could do, should you do. And the Bible is here not to limit your fun. Listen, go take your jetpack out in the desert and 
have fun. But over LAX, that's not the place. You know, the God, the God of the Bible, it doesn't want to limit what you want. He wants to keep you healthy far more than he wants to keep you happy. And so sometimes God will confront you with his wisdom to say, you know, there's something more important here. There's something more important. And so uh, I, I want you to point, I want you to see the type of wisdom that takes you outside the boundaries and, 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 and as, you, as it will, flies you into a no-fly zone uh, in your Christian life. I want you to see this in verse number 15. It says, this wisdom, so the wisdom that takes you out of your boundaries and pushes the boundaries that God set up, this wisdom is earthly, that's short-sighted or temporary, it's sensual, uh, that's uh, impulsive, unspiritual, and devilish. Uh, that's not talking necessarily about uh, Satanism as much as it's talking about selfishness and rebellion. And so all of this type of wisdom, you know what it does? It creates chaos. You know what, if, if, if we had 100 people flying around LAX with jetpacks, you know what it would cause? Chaos. Disorder. And so what does James uh, 3.16 say? We're just going verse by verse through this passage. It says that where there is strife and envying, there is what? Confusion. And the word confusion just means uh, instability or disorder. It's the same word in Greek for riots or insurrection or rebellion. So God is not the author of confusion, as, as 1 Corinthians 14.33 says. And so here's a first action item. I would encourage all of you. To write down something that, that confuses you, that causes disorder, that causes instability, and ask God for wisdom to know how to lead your life. Not by what others say, not by what your, your, your impulses say, not by what you think is right, but say, God, confront me with a new perspective. Did you know that when we ask for wisdom, James 1.5, he, give he gives it to us liberally. He wants to give us wisdom, but we must ask for it. He said, let him ask in faith, nothing waits. He'll give you wisdom liberally, but all you have to do is ask for it. My boys ask Siri and Alexa everything. The other day I came into the kitchen and they're asking all these questions. And one of the questions they were asking was, hey, Alexa, are you Democrat or Republican? Who knew she was a Democrat? I didn't know that. But uh, no, I, she, she's just looking at the, at the thing. And so I, I searched some of the stuff they were looking up. I'm like, wait a second. They're asking Siri and Alexa stuff I know. 2020 parenting. Our kids are asking Alexa and Siri what they should be asking me. And how many of you know we're asking our friends for advice when we haven't even asked God? How many of you know we've asked, we've asked ourselves for self-counsel before we've ever gone to God's word? And so it's God's wisdom that we're looking for. It's God's wisdom. He wants us to ask him for insight. And so number one, our wisdom, man, it's, it's informed by selfish deceit. By the way, if you don't think you have blind spots, that's a blind spot. We all have blind spots. I was backing out of a, a stall yesterday. I looked around as much as I could. I started backing up, and I came inches away from this young family, young kids. I literally almost ran over. I mean, what, what would that look like in, in, the, in the AV press? Pastor runs down, you know, young family. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And they were upset, and I was, I was frantic. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I just couldn't see him. When you can't see something, you need someone else or you need something else to point out your blind spot. And so I would encourage you as an action item, I would encourage you to, 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 to ask someone honestly and open before God, hey, do 
do I have a blind spot in this area? Please, if you're afraid to ask someone about a blind spot, you are living a life of deception and, and self-deceit. And so we have to come at it and say, hey, please inform me. Show me from the word of God. We don't want opinions. We want God's opinion. And so number two, God's wisdom is received, how? By living the truth. By living the truth. Now, when James says, when James asks, who is a wise man? He's not, he's not saying, who's the wise guy here? No, no, no. You know, who, you know what he's saying? Who's completely wise in their heart? Do you know there's never been one man to ever walk the face of the earth except for Jesus who truly was wise? He had all the wisdom of God. He was God. He is God. And so our standard for, for, for wisdom is Jesus. Our source for wisdom is Jesus. And our satisfaction for wisdom is Jesus, from wisdom is Jesus. So let's look at letter A. Jesus is the source of wisdom. Now, when he says in James uh, 17, but the wisdom that is from above, he's talking about God's wisdom, wisdom that Jesus comes. Jesus is, is known as the word. He is the essence of wisdom. And that word shines, as John 1, 9 through 12 says, and, 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 he, and he shines uh, understanding and enlightenment to those who need it and to those who are the most self-deceived as we all are. And James says, uh, James is hinting at the fact that, that there was a time where he did not understand this wisdom. He knew of Jesus, but he had not received Jesus as his Lord. And James is saying in James 1, uh, in, 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 in following that, that he is uh, needing to be a doer of the word to receive the wisdom because Jesus even said that once we place our faith in Jesus, it is the truth that we live by that frees us from deception. It's not the truth in our intentions that frees us from deception. It's the truth that we live. And so here's the key thought that only truth in action is the wisdom that can dispel deception and it's when we live out the truth, when we're here, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And many Christians, sadly, are, would, would be happy with sitting in a room like this and learning the word, but are not willing to be doers of the work. You know, doing the word takes work. It's tough. But we cannot be blessed if we're just willing to hear it and not do it. The worst curse came upon man because sin entered. And sin entered because the dominion that Jesus had given, that God had given at creation, wasn't enough for Adam and Eve. And they said, we wanted to find good and evil on our own terms. And, and so the blessing of God comes when we d decide to live out the word of God. There's a, there's a resource, an inex inex inexhaustible resource of wisdom that we can withdraw from when we walk in his ways. Blessed are those that keep my ways, Proverbs says. We're blessed, as, as, as Jesus said, we would be when we follow his plan, his path, his commandments. So the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but, the, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. So I would encourage you as an action item, ask someone for help finding those blind spots and seeing God's wisdom. Say, hey, share with me a verse. Is there a principle that applies to this area, to this area of my life? Why? Because letter B, Jesus is the standard for wisdom. He's the standard for wisdom. Look at verse number 17. This is an incredible verse. You could preach seven weeks on this one verse. This is so rich. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, and good fruits without partiality 
and without hypocrisy. Now, some scholars have said this is his fruit of the Spirit list. This is James's fruit of the Spirit list. And it's interesting that, that Jesus is being personified, I believe, here as the embodiment of wisdom, that, that he came to show that his wisdom actually works. Here's why. There's seven wise actions, and here's your take-home uh, an action item. I would, I would encourage you to read these verses and see how wise you've been the last week and see what corrections you can make for this next week. But look at these seven wise actions. That, that when we're pure in, in, in motive and action, we're like Jesus, Matthew 6. When we're at peace in the midst of trouble, we're like Jesus, John 14. When we're kind and empathetic with others, we're like Jesus, Matthew 5. When we're obedient to his word, uh, Matthew, or John 15, 10, uh, we're like Jesus. When we're merciful and compassionate and, and, and full of good results, we're, we're like Jesus in Matthew 9. Uh, when we're impartial and not judgmental, we're like Jesus, John 7. When we're real and not hypocritical, we're, 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 tran we're transparent and vulnerable, we're like Jesus, Matthew 23. You see, Jesus is the standard for wisdom, and, and his word reveals the type of wisdom that we can live by. So let me come back to this owner's manual. Remember I said we'll begin and end with this? It has everything we need to know. I, I, I have the table of contents here. Climate controls, lights, driver controls. Um, we have stuff about the engine, accessories, cleaning, roadside emergencies, locks, seating, tires, wheels, oil changes. It's all here. You know, I could read this book for about an hour and bore you stiff. But if I never take anything in this, like an oil change or putting on my seatbelt or, or anything, if I never take anything in this manual and actually apply it, I'm going to burn the engine in our church truck. This manual is only good if it's used. It's only powerful if I apply it. And we have a manual for marriage, for relationships, for coworkers, for, 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 for difficult family members, for friends, for neighbors. You know there's stuff in here about pandemics? You know that? There's stuff in here about politics and policies and principles and parenting. It's only good, though, if we're actually going to apply it. And so Jesus is not only the standard and the source of wisdom, but finally we're finished. Jesus is the satisfaction from wisdom. I want you to see this verse. I just stared at this verse this week because I could not believe how succinct James had been with summing up the Christian life. In one verse, look at this verse. And the depths of this verse, I believe, will, will never be exhausted. Look at this. Verse 18, the last verse in chapter 3. And the fruit of righteousness, so the re result of everything good and everything right. When a Jew is Sadiq, he's righteous. He's, he's, he's right. He's good with God. The fruit, the result, everything right is sown in peace of them that make peace. James is saying, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, listen, the reason that we don't have peace the reason we, we're not at peace is because we're not willing to give peace away. 
And I believe that the, one of the greatest lessons to be learned through real wisdom is that real wisdom is willing to put aside what we think is right and pick up what God thinks is right and says and say, I want to give this to others. I want to make others know God, God's wisdom. I want to help others know what is right and what is best. I, I want to live a life that is pleasing to Him because Jesus said in Matthew eleven nineteen, wisdom is justified of her children. Do you know what that means? It means that Jesus says, do you want to know what's wise? Look at someone that's following my manual. That's true wisdom. Because he, let me take you back to, to verse 13. Wisdom is when you live out your way of life according to His ideas of wisdom, not yours. Real wisdom is living according to His truth, not our own. So the key to wisdom is not relying on our own perspective. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. The writer of Proverbs is saying there's something more important than physical health, and it's spiritual health. And the health of your soul matters. I would encourage you as an action item to write down one thing as a result of whatever scripture we've studied here or whatever scripture you're studying on your own. And don't just read the manual this week. We've got to live it. We've got to live the manual and live the life that God has called us to live. So there's a choice. There's our idea of wisdom and there's God's idea of wisdom. And every single moment we will be confronted with our ideas and his ideas. And it's in the moment where we choose his truth in his way that we are truly being wise. And he gets all the credit for it because it is living wisdom with humility and meekness, saying, it's not mine, it's not something I came up with, it's his. And when he gets the credit, we become wise and we become able to give peace to them that need it the most. There's a world that's lost and dying they need us to share the peace that passeth all understanding. And his name is Jesus. He's the prince of peace. He's the hope to the hopeless. He's life to the dead. He is all we need. But we have to come to his wisdom and not be so enthralled with our perspective that we miss his. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church. Or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Five New Life. Have an amazing day.